Hello, and welcome to Your Sparkly Brand. We're here to inspire and empower entrepreneurs like you. This podcast is all about delivering no-fluff, high-value content that helps you grow your business. It doesn't matter if you have no budget and are still DIYing everything on your own, we're giving you the tips, tools, and strategies you need to build a sparkly empire. I'm Lauren Tassie, your copywriter and launch strategist, and I'm joined by my co-host, marketing and branding expert, Megan Gersh. Hi, Megan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Marsha Batista. Marsha is an event planning strategist for visionary entrepreneurs who want to create awe-inspiring experiences for their clients. From ideation to day of execution, Marsha is an expert in all aspects of event planning, whether it's a small, intimate retreat or a high-end multi-day conference. Most recently, she hosted the first annual Black Nurses Week Conference, which is a three-day event where she secured dozens of speakers and $25,000 in sponsorships. When she is not planning events. She moonlights as a travel nurse and has served on the front lines during the pandemic. So welcome to Your Sparkly Brand. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I've been thinking about this all week. Yay. So before we jump into your story, we do like to start every episode with like our little sparkly moment. That's like a win or a celebration or something that just kind of made you feel great this week. Meg, so what was your sparkly moment? So I'm a part of a mastermind group. And one of the things that we do is every quarter we get together for a little digital retreat and essentially plan for our next quarter. And so we we did our little retreat. We I started planning my next quarter goals. I'm just getting so pumped about like my planning. And I know that sounds like really nerdy, but like, I feel like I have a lot of things cooking in the background for my business and I'm just kind of excited to kind of get rolling with it. So yeah, what about you? So mine, I have a visual aid for. I mentioned before I'm working with a program that's like coaching and advertising and all of that for my business. And they sent me like a little welcome gift. And you know, I, we all get these. We all get them. They're kind of like, I don't know, I'm a little jaded on them at this point. I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. And I open it up and it's like some cookies thing. I'm like, oh great, exactly what I need, cookies. And then I open the box and it's literally my logo printed on the cookie, which like it just gave me, it literally made me feel sparkly for like two minutes. And like, but now I have a box of these cookies and I don't know what to do with them. Nobody else wants my logo, of course, right? But just like, if anybody needs to steal an idea, especially Meg, who does branding and you do logos, like that moment of like opening the box of cookies with my logo on it was just like, whoa. So that was, that was it. I love that. I love that. And Marsha, do you have a sparkly moment? Yes, I do. My sparkly moment, besides the top I'm wearing for those who are listening, I know you can't see it, but if you're watching, you'll be able to see it. My sparkly moment this week was actually finding a virtual assistant to actually do real work. I've hired virtual assistants in the past and I sort of was in the place where I wasn't really ready for a virtual assistant. I thought, oh, I needed one because I just need some things, but I finally found one that will help me with my marketing efforts. And so I'm really excited about that. Plus this virtual assistant is also a nurse. They have a background in nursing. So that's some connection that we both have. So it it went great this week with interviews and I can't wait to have her on board. That's awesome. It feels so good when you're able to just like take that step and like start to delegate. I know it's a big struggle for me is like handing things over, but then when you do it and you realize everything doesn't fall apart, it feels so good. I can't wait to get there. That's my, that's my struggle too, is like, handing off 
things to other people because sometimes you get that feeling of no one's going to be able to do it like I do it. But you know, there are people who can do it better than me. And I have to admit that to myself. So I'm really excited about that. All right. So let's get into your story. How did you venture into event planning and like particularly for entrepreneurs? Yes. So I started event planning years ago. I was a program manager at UCLA and I worked for the med school. I hosted their small events all the way up to their large hundreds of people events. And that's where I got my start. I didn't realize how much I loved it back then, but I actually love the background of the nitty gritty getting down to the details planning and being behind the scenes. I love behind the scenes work. And so of course, with event planning, you learn all the operations of event planning in terms of finding sponsors, finding locations, finding caterers, contractors, vendors. So I love the nitty gritty of meeting new people in different fields and learning about different fields. And so that's where I actually got my start in event planning. And then I went to nursing school. So I'm, I am a nurse, went to nursing school and then started to shadow a friend of mine in nursing school who started to, to build his own business. And in that process of following him, I really found that that was what I wanted to do as well was start my own business. And it wasn't event planning back then. It was just at the start, it was blogging. I blogged about nursing, self-care, travel, just various different things and built a business around that and teaching courses. And then I started having my own little virtual retreats, my work web webinars. And then I decided to host my own live event as a nursing coach. And so I did a three-day event for myself, big venture in another city from where I was staying and did a live virtual event with about nine speakers. So it was 10 of us speaking in that virtual event. And then my biggest event was this past summer, which was the Black Nurses Week event, where we hosted nurses from all over the country coming together to learn about building their own businesses. So it was a great opportunity for me really dive into the nitty gritty of building a real nice event that was really tailored and focused on a specific subject. So that's where I got started. And after that event this summer, I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is what I love. And this is what I'm really good at. And I actually want to do this. And so I decided to put aside my coaching business and launch my event planning business. That's where I am. I love that so much. Do you think that in-person events are something that every entrepreneur can and should explore? I'm going to be honest and say no. <laughs> I don't think everything is for everybody. And it's just that simple. It's just that umbrella of a, you know, everybody doesn't have to try it and it may not be for everyone. But I do believe it is a great opportunity for entrepreneurs to, you know, build their authority, become the thought leader in their field. It becomes an opportunity to build community around around, you know, a specific topic or a specific industry or a specific need that their clients have. It also becomes an opportunity for hosts like myself or anyone who wants to host a live event to also boost their revenue and potentially profit from events as well. So it may not be for everyone. Maybe you have a business as an entrepreneur that's a service-based business and it may not fit. Say, for instance, sometimes a live event may not fit for an accountant. You know, they're done for you. They're an accountant. And so they may not see the purpose of having a live event. Live event works well for people who want to share en masse and bring people together like coaches, consultants, healers, speakers, somewhere where people can come together and share in being together and learning from one another. So an accountant or someone else who's in a done for you, like a, a tax, I don't know where 
where money is coming from in my head right now, but tax preparation, they might not have the need for an event. So I'll say not everyone needs one. I have a follow-up question to that. I know that you mentioned that sometimes an in-person events can be great revenue drivers for business. Aside from people just buying a ticket to the actual event, are there other opportunities there like at the actual event that you have seen that have worked really well for business owners? Yes. In my former work at UCLA, yes, we did a lot of outside of ticket events, but I have to say before we I go into some of the specifics. You always want to price your event accordingly. You don't want to have ticket sales where you're you're giving away the farm, but not charging appropriately. So that's where your cost can really come down and you're not going to make any profit. And so you're going to be in the red if you do that. So you want to make sure that you do price your event accordingly and your price, your registration fee should cover all of your cost. So that's most important upfront. Second, ways that you can boost your revenue, boost your profit are back of the room sales. And there are a lot of different industries that do back of the room sales a little bit different. Like if you go to a real estate event, right? The first thing they want to do is sell you a lot of programs and services. And they do that from the stage. I'm more of the behind the scenes where you can actually do back of the room sales, but you don't have to sell it in your presentation. You can actually teach and provide a lot of good value and a lot of good content for your audience. So they can actually take away some nuggets and go home and do it themselves themselves, you want them to have that feeling like, wow, I didn't even have to pay for that. And I got something really great out of it. So you can do the back of the room sales by just simply having, you know, if you're the host of an event and you plan to sell your high ticket program, you can just have a table, have a virtual assistant or someone there working from your team at that table. So people can see when you provide all of that content up front, they're going to really want to just work with you because they see what you can provide for free or, you know, at cost for your event. So that's one way you can do it. Vendors are very very important. So, and they don't have to be big name, you know, done for you sponsors, like your typical, I'll, I'll mention a couple of like things that come to the top of my mind, like Zoom or Dubsado or vendors like that. However, those are good vendors because they do have money, right? They can put money into your event and help keep your costs low. But something else you can think of in terms of vendors, you can do your business besties. So if you have a complimentary business, say for you two, you are copywriting and you are branding and designing, you can, if say, for instance, if Lauren, you're having an event and you want your business bestie to be there, have her have a table, her own table, sponsor a table. And that also brings income into your event. So you can have a number of, you know, businesses who are there for you to help you support you in your event. Other ways are sponsorships. So you can actually get those industry sponsors. On my last event that I just did a couple of months ago, we had a industry sponsor who brought in a big sum of money for us that helped us cut down and reduce our cost. So that's another way. And another way that you can, you know, bring in some revenue for your event is post sales, limited access recording sales right after the event, you know, open it up for the full audience of those people who couldn't make it to the event the first time, sell it for about two weeks, you know, whatever your cost is, whether it's $99 or $149 or, you know, $2,000, sell it on the back end to those who weren't able to attend, get some sales that way, shut it down after a certain time. And that's another way to do it as well. That was a great and thorough answer. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we obviously covered boosting your bottom line. How else did events help you create relationships and, you know, build your branding overall in general? Yeah, I, I look at this in ways of just building your brand and building your community. Building your community is really important when it comes to event planning, because you want to think about your client and what they're going to get out of the event. But when you bring people together who have a common goal, a common purpose, a commonality 
terms of what they want to learn from you, you find yourself in a room of people who are really forming really strong relationships with one another. Therefore, they can have accountability partners. They can come together offline or outside of your event and you can facilitate that. So that builds the community that way as well. And the, and the good thing about building your community and bringing people in for a common goal is they see that everything's being done in that setting is actually attributed to you. So you're actually helping them facilitate these relationships, facilitating their better outcomes, getting better things done in their own business or whatever it may be for your clients that you want them to achieve. They will attribute that to you. So it, it not only builds your community, it's going to build your authority. It's going to build you up as a thought leader and people are going to now to begin to trust you more. I absolutely resonate with that. A few podcast episodes ago, we were talking about how I went to a retreat out in Arizona and this woman that organized the retreat just brought together this most top tier quality group of women. And it was just so powerful to just be in this presence of just like everybody was kind of like a, a genius, like in their own right, just to be around those people and like share ideas. You can't put a price on it really. And it makes a difference too, whether you choose to curate your event by having people apply. And so you can really look at the guest list and really make the, the event something special where people can compliment one another in terms of sharing ideas. Or if you just open it up to a general audience at large, you'll find people form little pockets where they can, they can learn best as well. So it's really two ways that you can do this. You can curate it by choosing people or you can just open it up. And I think either way, either way you choose to do it, it's going to build that community. And then again, people are going to attribute all of that goodness that's happening into that event. They're going to attribute that to you, that you brought that together. Love it. So we've all seen and heard events that seem like they were well-planned, but still kind of flopped at the end of the day. So what can somebody that's planning those events do to avoid something like that? Yes. So one tip I would always say, and this may be a no brainer for most of you out there listening, is to plan ahead. So the furthest ahead that you can plan, the better. So if you know that, you know, it's it, it's nine or 12 months away and you are thinking about having an event, especially if you never had one before, you want to give yourself as much time as possible. If you've never had an event before and it's going to be something, you know, more than a day long, you want to make sure you have at least nine to 12 months ahead. So that gives you a lot of time to scout locations, look for speakers if you want to have speakers and not have it just be you on stage. It'll give you time to find support and get help as well. And that's that's part number two, I would say is get support. Event planning may not be your zone of genius. If you are a spiritual healer or or a relationship coach or a branding expert. Event planning is not your wheelhouse, right? So you need to hire people or find support of people on your team to actually help you build out your vision. And so if you're busy with your own business and in the details of your own business and you know doing those, as my coach would say, $500 per hour activities versus $20 per hour activities for you, it's gonna be important for you to find that support with, with help, whether it's on your team or someone outside of your team. You wanna be able to work in your zone of genius. And then I would say another thing that you want to do to make sure your event doesn't flop or your pockets don't flop is to budget. And that is taking an account of everything that you spend from, you know, the notepads, the notepaper that you may be spending money on, the name badges that you may be spending on that you think, oh, I'll just 
purchase that at, you know, FedEx or Kinko's and it'll just come out of my pocket, but I'm not going to worry about it. No. And the best way to do that is just taking a step back, closing your eyes and sort of envisioning your event from beginning to end and everything sort of walk through the day of what you will need throughout that event and what you envision yourself having for the perfect event. And then you writing that down as a literally line item on your budget. Those are probably my best three tips, planning ahead, making sure you have the budget and then making sure you're working in your zone of genius and getting help. Can you tell us about the six rights framework? Yes, that's actually the framework I use when I am going to work with clients. So the six rights framework actually came from nursing, my nursing background. So the, the six right framework is sort of a systemic approach to reducing medication errors. So it's basically the six rights of medication administration is where I got it from. And, and just a couple of idea examples of six rights of medication administration is just like the right dose, the right patient, the right time, the right documentation. Those are what we call like among the six rights. So I decided to, when I was, whenever I help people, even in my coaching business as a nurse coach, coaching nurses and, you know, business and lifestyle, things like that, I always worked from a certain framework and I didn't really know it. And it just, these same topics kept coming up and up again. So my six rights became working with clients by finding number one, the thing that we all coach other people to do is about having the right mindset. So that's always the first thing that we want to, to evaluate. What are your challenges and wanting to get to a goal, specific goal? So what are your challenges? What do you see as your challenges in terms of planning your own event and, you know, getting help to plan your own event? So looking at the right mindset. Second thing is who is the right client for your event? Who's going to take in your content? And sometimes the right client may not be the client that you already have for a so you know, high ticket offer so that you might want new clients, you might want to bring a new client. So looking at the right client is very, very important. And then the right idea, what type of event are you going to hold? Is it going to be a one day event? Is it going to be a three day event? Is it going to be an international retreat? What type of event is out there that you think will best serve the clients, the right clients that you have and give them what they need to take something away and help them in their goals. So after the right mindset, the right idea, right client, you want to look at the right service. So what what is on your agenda? What are you actually teaching them? What are their takeaways? And then after the right service, you want to make sure you have the right support. So that in, that's in terms of team members, contractors, everybody on your team, who's going to help you put this wonderful event together. And then after your right support, you find all of that, then it's time to implement the right implementation. What are the steps that you need to take to make sure your event goes off as a success? And that's the framework I work on when I'm working with clients. I love that's that it comes from from nursing yeah. because like that's such a basic like keeping people alive so yeah. if it works there it's got to work for events you yeah. know yeah. such such great tips there do you have any other tips or strategies that you want to share with listeners who want to boost their business through in-person events but they just don't know how to get started or they don't know you know how to get organized with everything it just seems like a lot so event planning is a lot that's why it's its own industry of itself that's why you should not be doing it by yourself if you are in some other field if you are working as a coach or a health coach or, you know, a wellness coach, you should not be planning your own event. That's just one thing. You don't want to take away the time that you need to, to serve your clients. So always, of course, find support. And that's something that I will always, you know, advise anybody. But the, another thing I would say, follow those people that you admire. Look at your own coaches. Look at your own people, the people in your industry and look at their type. Look at their events. See what type of events that, that other people are having around you. What type of events 
have you been to that you really, really enjoy? What kind of things can you take away from those type of events? So looking at others, looking at others and what they've done in their own events, that's a great way to get started because you can kind of get an idea of if this is something that you want to do or not. Another thing that I would say if you're just getting started is to start small. So my first live three-day event I held, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I held it in Atlanta, Georgia. That was sort of a mistake. Although, you know, everything went great, I would say, as planned. We had a few snafus, but if you start small and plan in your own city, maybe a one-day event starting off or two-day event or three-day event, if you have help, it could be a lot easier. You want to make the logistics as easy as possible, especially if it's something that you plan to do on your own. Now, you can do it on your own. I don't advise it if it's not your zone of genius or your expertise. But starting small is very, very important. One last thing I'll say, I always, 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 always tell anyone who's going to have an event, you always have breakfast. You always have breakfast at an event. Because if you don't have breakfast, even if you just have coffee, what's going to happen two hours in, everybody's going to be looking around at how hungry they are. They're not going to be able to focus on you and the content that you're providing. They're going to be looking at their you know, phone to see where the next start. Starbucks is down the street. So my biggest, one of my biggest tips is always have breakfast. You want people to come in hungry for not only your content, but hungry, you know, to get the nourishment they need so they can sit through the first part of the day and really take it in without the worry of having to wake up really early and figure out what they're going to do for breakfast. So those are my key tips, starting small, always having breakfast, hosting in the same city and looking at the other people around you. I feel like the breakfast thing is such a good tip and it's, I feel like so underestimated just because like <laughs> some some of the best events that I've been to have been ones where I feel like really taken care of as like yeah. the event attendee and that that's such like a simple and great tip and how many events I don't I don't know if you've been to events where there wasn't any breakfast or there was coffee and maybe a pastry. I'm not a sweets person. And when, when I say have a breakfast, always have a full breakfast. So you need, you know, something for the people who need protein in the morning. You need some boiled eggs. You need some maybe sausage links or something like that. Someone who needs protein. I'm one of those people. I can't go to an event and see a, a strawberry Danish because I don't eat sweets that much, you know, so it's not going to really serve me. So you want, that's, that's just one of my major tips is always have breakfast because people just don't have time to get up in the morning and think about that. That's one less thing they can think about. Do you have any favorite like activities or like icebreakers or what, you know, that those sort of things where you're like, this might be magic for you, throw that in there. Yeah. It really depends on how big the crowd is. If it's a big group, it's sort of hard to do those type of icebreakers where you're getting getting people to sort of know each other in those huge groups. But if you have a small intimate event, icebreakers are, are wonderful. And one of my favorite icebreakers, it's really simple. And I know everybody does it. It's two truths and a lie. Because people are really selective when they play that game and they really edit like their best moments down into three points. And so they say, hey, truth, this is a truth. One of them is a lie. You figure it out. And it's so fun because you get to look at that person and you're just trying to figure out what kind of person are they? You know, that doesn't sound like them. And it's, you know, we, we make up so many great like 
things that are lies that it just makes people really talk and chat and sort of get to know each other. So that's one of my best like icebreaker games that I love to play. Love that. So I got to ask you about your business. Like how important has branding been when it comes to your business? And are there other people that you kind of look to for inspiration in the event planning world? So branding for my business is right now, because this is a fairly new business, it's ongoing. I'm taking a better look at what I like. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you asked this because for the longest time, I was unhappy in my business. As a nurse coach, it was hard for me to find clients because my clients were on platforms like Instagram. And Instagram is not my thing. You know, I love Instagram. It's my favorite platform to catch up with people and look at what they're doing in their lives in terms of just lifestyle stuff, but not business. And so branding actually took me away from that business because it was so hard for me to do. This business that I'm just forming as my event planning business, I'm starting to look at other people in this event space, whether small event planners, bigger event planners, and seeing that it's really about your message. And that's where I'm now going to take my branding moving forward is just really looking at my message of how, you know, my, my, my message is basically I help visionary entrepreneurs launch hands-free six-figure events. And that's what I want to do. So everything branding will come out of that. Now, again, like I said, it's, it's ongoing and I'm building that brand as I go. So it's, it's really an exciting time to be doing that. And so that's where I am with that right now, to be honest. So if you could go back in time to when you were just starting any of your businesses, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to be this one. Cause I know this one's still early. What's the most valuable piece of advice you could give yourself? Start before you're ready. That's been my number one go-to saying for anybody start before you're ready. I always give the analogy of when I was blogging back in the day, doing my traveling and blogging about career and nurse and lifestyle. I love to write long blog posts at the time. I'm not a writer, but I love to write long blog posts and explain things. And the thing about writing long blog posts is there's a lot of editing and sometimes there's a lot of research behind it, but mostly a lot of editing and making sure the cadence and tone is right for the audience. And so instead of getting myself bogged down and this has to be perfect before I publish it, what I would always do is I would hit publish and I would email, you know, put it in my email newsletter and send it out saying, here's my latest blog, you know, on this certain topic. And it wasn't finished, but hitting publish starting before I was ready always made me go back and finish it because the moment I hit publish and I knew that was going out at 8 PM at night, and everybody's going to go to my website. And I got on top of it. It was like, okay, Marsha, you've been putting it off. Now you need to finish the blog. You know, you've taken a week. Now you need to finish. So I would have to say, start before you're ready. You're never going to be fully ready. You, you're, you're never going to be fully ready. Everybody I know <laughs> knows that. So it's, it's better to start and not regret it and just get it going. And then you can always revise and change later. Your audience is more forgiving than you thought. I've had so many mistakes in my emails and, you know, my blogs and things like that. And of course my mom always finds them. <laughs> it's amazing how I'll go back and find something and something I wrote or started. And I saw this big glaring mistake and I'm like, how in the world did I miss that? But it didn't matter because my audience focused on the content of it. And when they email me back, that's what the con they were focused on the content. They didn't worry about what it was. So start before you're ready. That's, that's my one piece of advice to give anyone who is thinking about anything, whether it's event planning, whether it's starting your own business, working with a branding specialist or starting working with a copywriter, start before you're ready. Amazing advice. Well, are you working on any projects right now that you're super excited about that you're able to share? Yeah. So I'm working on the actual, the second 
second annual Black Nurses Week conference. So that's one thing that I'm able to share. And I am working on a project that I'm really excited about. I can't say it just yet, but I hope to share it really soon. But those are my two projects right now. Well, where can our listeners find you online? Maybe follow along and hear when you're able to announce. Yeah. So eventsecretsblueprint.com. That's where you'll find me. If you want to learn more about event planning or getting any services for yourself, I have a done for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marsha. Thank you so much. It's been fun and it's been sparkly. Love to hear it. And <laughs> thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss one. Until next time, stay sparkly.